0: Geek shock. Geek
1: shock. So that as soon as I turn on the VPN and then I open up that particular app, as far as the app knows, it's in the UK.
2: Sure, but can you understand the accents on Star Trek when it's anything with- like <laughs>
1: at least scotty sounds scottish hey right (laughs) although i am curious because i had heard uh at the convention that with discovery they had trimmed out a couple of scenes like trimmed them down and cut some things off that they thought uk audiences might find quote-unquote offensive so i don't know if that is (laughs) real or not
3: well they give the two-finger salute is that how they salute each other
1: I don't know because I I don't remember the specific <laughs> scenes that somebody had mentioned. But oh, Captain! So, so now now I'm wow. curious as to like to get it on Blu-ray or something and then compare it and say, oh, wow. I don't remember this scene. This scene is new or whatever.
2: But
3: uh, the the only thing I can think of is they had to change the name of Captain Fanny. Other than that, mm-hmm.
0: seems seems right.
2: <laughs> Captain Rubber. Yeah.
0: I know, Captain Fanny Galore. That was a little on the <laughs> nose. It's, it's, it's very James
3: Bond. I can, can do Very James Bond, though.
0: I can start watching his show. <laughs> yeah.
1: Poor Andy yes. hasn't seen any Fanny in a while, right?
0: Oh, <laughs> like, what? Wow, wow, wow
1: Tell me about
2: it.
0: Well, he's, like,
1: he's been isolated in a house
2: for a year and a half. I, so. I did get hit on by uh, age-appropriate women
0: tonight, but that was... Uh, <laughs> Somebody. There's a lot of corn-fed fanny out there, man. <laughs> you get that. You get that. Uh... Did you say corn-fed or corn-fed? Corn-fed. Corn fed.
2: Okay. <laughs> Either way works. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Either way works. Is As Andy asking? it is like, is this heaven? No, this is Iowa. <laughs> 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 Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock Number Six Hundred
3: and Two. I am Master Torgo.
0: Eighties Jeff, Commander K
2: hi my name is fact-checked Andy and I'm the best entertainment this uh, podcast could afford
0: <laughs> let's just try to get through
2: this.
4: <laughs> okay.
0: really really
3: worth
0: every penny <laughs> worth every
2: penny Andy <laughs> I went to see I went to see a uh, well I went to have uh, dinner and it turned out to be a performer there and that's how he introduced himself and I was like damn that's good. <laughs> My name is wow. Dave, and I'm the, I'm the best entertainment this, this restaurant could afford. Let's just try to get through this. okay? <laughs> let's just try to
3: get through this. That's the best part of the whole thing. <laughs> that's, that's God almighty.
2: Andy was brilliant. He, he sang some nerd songs, so we're going to see him again. All right, Cruella Andy, let,
1: let, let's just try to get through this as a cover band for? Oh, my gosh. Let's just
2: try to get through this Is the cover band for uh, John Cage. Wow! Yes, accept I it. accept it. I accept it. And we're to oh, talk and Geek, oh my goodness. Wait, is there anybody else here? Because I kind of cut him off.
4: <laughs> Matt, well,
2: Matt, no. Matt
0: pushed through. Matt, Matt pushed be,
1: through Matt,
2: a little
0: bit.
1: Matt begrudgingly announced himself. <laughs> as he yeah. often does.
0: Matt, would you be willing to give up your spot as the last and, and give it to Andy? So... <laughs> so... <laughs> Andy can just do whatever he's going to do, and we don't have to worry about you getting stomped all over.
3: We have to have Matt there to stop Andy from doing
4: that for (laughs) the rest of the show.
0: Oh, because it it does. (laughs) Yes, you're right, Todd.
4: Uh, How silly of me. Why do you have to enable him?
1: Uh, You know, Kirsten, top billing and then the and at the end of the credits is supposed to be the two most important. Yeah. Uh, So... You know, at
0: least as far as we can afford. Sure, and the rest. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's I, I. still love that. in Mst three K of the movie is like, what's this? And the rest shit. I I lost that. I lost that in the theater. That was such. A, that oh, was such man. a choice line.
3: Oh, Gentlemen, uh, before we continue on We are accepting nominations for September's book In the book club uh, But the book for August is still The graphic novel Sweet Tooth Volume 1 By Jeff Lemire So gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Matt, give it to me
4: I honestly didn't do fuck all this week
1: <laughs> what? All I did was There's work Surprise!
4: I, I worked, got home It was like, oh, two hours, great Bed Work, 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 work. Uh, Hello moms. boys. And not even two hours. Yesterday was like, oh shit, it's bedtime. Ooh.
3: After <laughs> my shower. They, they really uh, turning up your hours lately?
4: Just this week. Okay. Except for today. I made uh, I made a you know a conscious effort to be here for the show. Get all my work done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I, can't just, finish,
4: just, I can't even finish. finish
2: that. <laughs> Switch the IVs to the catheters and said hell with oh, that. Oh hey, hey,
4: hey. Hey, you guess what? I got Gloomhaven. <laughs> That'll I shut him up. I, I didn't even get a Gloomhaven comic book. Jesus! So I, actually, I got the whole game and everything. I showed it. Did you see it on Shock Monkey's Lair? Jeff, I think posted it.
1: Did I? I, it? I don't know. It's been it's been a week, dude. I don't I don't remember what happened yesterday versus what happened a week ago.
0: That's that really freaky. That that is weird. I'm trying to show the comic book uh, listeners and my because i'm doing the background effect it is being incri- it's not just not selecting the comic book it'll select an individual panel actually an individual that's in a an panel individual.
2: Yeah. yeah it was some sort of
0: variant and lobster loki the hell was that uh that actually i think is a version of my current character i think uh, uh i don't t- know i think that's one of the characters from the jaws of the lion uh version of glohida jaws of the lion
1: yeah, the, uh, the, 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 ki-
0: the 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 small Gloomhaven. Yeah, haven. that's the kids' version. We were going to pitch in and send to Andy.
1: The reason it's doing that, Kirsten, is uh, uh, the algorithm is supposed to look for a uh, face and then a human shape, and then it tries to filter out all the rest. So that's that's why you're getting just that one figure in the video and not anything else.
0: Matt, were you were you were you dying with him explaining that? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I was geek explaining <laughs> oh man I got well, geek explained y'all
2: I was in target today and I saw a game by that's apparently by neil patrick Harris called box one that's oh like, uh, yes uh, for one person i'm like oh that's so sad and I'll be to buy it eventually did you pick it up oh all right it, it
3: looks interesting I, I I'm guessing it's a lot like a escape room for one uh I don't think harris had anything Steve to do with creating it i think he's just a hired face
0: mm, are you fucking serious yeah multi <laughs>
3: talented a, guy it is a board game for one person i mean oh, they make games. those but it's
1: right. I but you said, it, it looks, sounds like a board game <laughs>
2: oh. Oh. Ooh,
0: see my well,
2: board play.
0: if you're feeling bad for andy Ah, uh, DM me. I'll uh, give you his dad's address, and uh, we can send him a whole bunch of solitaire games.
2: <laughs>
1: just a
0: whole bunch of single player games. You no, know,
2: I'm okay. I got my uh, my Xbox now. I'm good.
0: We'll send him a whole bunch I'd, of Xbox games. Just
2: play with people, but it's, it's
0: yeah. You got an Xbox, oh, we'll get an Xbox One? I got an Xbox Three Sixty.
3: He's got a he's got an Xbox Three Sixty and Pornhub. He's fine. Right,
0: I. I actually uh, just got in the uh, in my uh, email I got an email from Amazon Prime saying we're no longer supporting Xbox 360, so <laughs> you're gonna probably want another platform to watch your videos. I was just like oh boy, that 360. Good, good thing you got that Chromecast. It, it was quite clear they're not supporting it because you would like cycle through the search, and I'd go through like science fiction and. I would cycle through 100 movie thumbnails and it would stop. But it would say 100 of 350, but there were no more thumbnails. <laughs> so I was like, okay, um, I think could, i better you, download the app on my phone. Could you push through and like pick no.
2: like movie 200 just like for random no. movies?
0: No. uh uh-uh. uh It it literally just ticka 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 punk and it would just stop and it would not scroll any further. <laughs> and i was like yeah you've hit yeah. the scroll wall you found
2: the end of the internet
0: yes i yeah right, yeah really unlike the end of these fucking irrigation lines in my house <laughs> i i wonder how many landscapers are hired and come in and see a half torn up yard <laughs> you know wow. because people are yeah people are just like oh, i can do it oh fuck but, I yeah, I, I got a severe case of envy when I went to a neighbor's house because uh, <laughs> we were talking about some stuff, and his irrigation control valve, the, all the solenoids and everything, is above ground. It's like two feet up in the – and it's like, Jesus, I got to like get a screwdriver and a, a hydraulic press and remove this damn plate from the fucking – and uh-huh. dig down past Black Widows and mud – To get to these goddamn valves, and he's got it like at you know just above knee level.
1: I mean it's funny because that PVC pipe, some of that PVC pipe, when it's been in the ground for a while, it literally turns to like paper mache. Like you could
0: you could easily crush it.
1: Easily crush it.
0: (laughs) Dude, it was so fucking annoying. There's a three-inch gash in that goddamn pipe, and I clip clip, and it just crumbles a bit. And I'm like, oh, okay. Clip crumbles a bit more. Clip crumbles a bit more. And then I'm like, Jesus, how much is this? Maybe if I just gently peel off a crumble crumb, it's crumbling now in my finger. Yep. It was four feet. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care if this is feeding kids in Ethiopia. I'm capping this fuck. (laughs) And I finally dug it up and capped it. And I don't even know what is going to die in my yard. I actually have to try to figure that out. Probably a hobo. Oh God. I could only be so lucky. I pay a hobo to to fucking work on the lawn.
3: Well, before we go into what geeky things we did this week, Uh, I woke up to an an interesting tweet. And it's from the Microscope Chris. Uh, He writes, I just woke from a dream of getting a call to test Master Torgo for COVID. This led me on a several hours long adventure filled with trees falling across the road, losing the biohazard bag, being unable to stop the car, <laughs> witnessing a robbery and other shenanigans. Jeez. <laughs> uh, wow. First off, Chris, uh, that's what you get for being Team Vlarg. Second. yeah, Well, there you go. I actually had a COVID exposure this last week. Oh, my. And uh, I got tested for COVID. Thankfully, I'm negative. But it's the only time that I've had to get a COVID test because of potential ex- known exposure. So the fact that you're dreaming of me taking a test on the week I actually took a test, is a little creepy, Chris. I'm just saying, a little wow. creepy. Yep. Well, there's a part yeah. two to this. Oh. Uh, David Farrar replied to him oh. saying, I also had a weird shock monkey dream. Uh-oh. Fact check, Andy and I were in a secondhand store in a small town. Some small military missiles flew around outside and crashed into the store waiting for police. We chased away some crackpot claiming ownership of the missiles. I don't know what's going on in the ether, but people are having geek shock
0: dreams. Wow. I guess I should talk about my geek shock dream.
3: Oh, I don't think I want to know.
0: Yeah, I had to. Is it sexy? Uh, Yes, it's sexy. Uh, no, not you. I had to, I had to actually travel across town to get Andy's gonorrhea test, and uh, it, uh, I lost a biohazard bag, so um, it was really weird, because he ended up just, it's a weird dream, guys, because he just put his dick in a Ziploc, and I took that to the lab, and uh they were like, hold on, hold on. I think I know where you I think I had the same dream. And the last person was like, is This is a child's dick? <laughs> yeah. It was like, um, yeah, we're gonna have to call child services. You 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 disgusting pedophile. And I was like, No, this this guy is like fifty eight. And they're like, Uh-huh. Maybe he's a grower. I don't know. That's I said <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> Talk dirty to it for a minute. Let's Come on, don't rush to judgment. (laughs) Jeff, what geeky thing did you do this week?
1: (laughs) Well, um, watch the most recent episode of What If? That was an interesting one. I don't think it was nearly as good as the the second one, the the T'Challa one, but I think that was just because that one caught me so off guard that it was was just so good that it set the bar so high. It's not that it was a bad episode, it just... uh, it was just kind of okay.
0: I don't
2: know. I don't, know how to I say don't it. think any episode's going to be able to reach the bar of that second one.
0: That I, yeah, I, I'm still amazed. I was not expecting that at all, and it was I, really a great episode.
1: I'm I'm almost to the point where I I'm wishing they had made that the final
0: episode <laughs> of the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless they have a plan, unless they're going to go somewhere, I, I I'd almost agree with you, Jeff, because that really was a fucking good one.
1: Because you you put your you put your best episode two episodes in, it doesn't matter what you put up against it. It's it's everybody's going to keep going. Man, that that episode two was just so good, and it just feels like diminishing return sense, But uh, it was interesting. Uh, I I like the a, fact a that pattern they had... of one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> diminishing <throat> returns a pattern of one. Yeah. Okay. It it, it...
3: repeating it's not helping, Andy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 Todd. Andy knows from experience. He keeps saying it. Eventually, people will laugh. Right? I mean, granted, it's just to get him to stop saying it, but watch, Uh, watch. Say it again, Andy. I forgot what it was. (laughs) 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 See? 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 Look.
1: Uh, I forgot what I was going (laughs) to say. Anyway,
4: I so haven't yeah. seen
0: the I haven't seen the third episode, so I don't talk either. too I detailed forgetting. about
4: it. But I haven't seen it. Um, the third episode, I've only seen one and two. I keep
0: forgetting it comes out on Wednesday. It's released on Wednesday. I do, too. Actually, I keep forgetting that as well. Wednesday's a weird day. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I remembered honestly, like I was about to go to bed and then I'm like, oh, yeah, the new episode dropped today. So uh, I watched
4: it um, You're like what if I just stay up and watch that? Whatever. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> you see, Andy? That's funny. But, uh... <laughs> the blank yeah. there. It's hilarious.
1: Anyway. So, uh... <laughs> the other thing I've done is trying to catch up on all my channels that I'm subscribed to on YouTube. Because I'm about two weeks back on a lot of these episodes. Since I started working five days a week again get home from work, I'm exhausted. Sometimes I'll turn the TV on and fall asleep. You know, it's like turn around and repeat. So suddenly any free time I had to relax and enjoy things entertainment-wise seems to have uh, completely disappeared. But uh, I did get caught up. I, I'm, I'm only like three days behind now on all of my YouTube. Well, four now because I haven't watched anything today. If You could just give a ballpark. How many channels do you subscribe to? um at at least 10 holy shit 10 probably more but i just you know the ones that i tend to keep up with on a a consistent basis there's at least 10 fortunately many of them only drop like one episode a week but there's some that do like multiple episodes a week and that's where it like totally screws me over because it suddenly it's like oh shit they did like three episodes this week And so I tend to start skipping over and just watching like the most recent ones, because some of them are, if it's a news story that they're covering or they're making a joke about something that happened in the news, by the time it's like a week old, it's just like, all right, that was like two weeks ago. So, yeah,
3: Um, I can't get past 10. I'm subscribed to like a few
1: hundred. Well, I mean, I honestly, I don't know how many I'm subscribed to because some of those channels don't like update as much anymore or here's another one I'm finding out, especially a lot of my, like my uh, amusement parks channel ones. They're all doing the same thing. It seems like now they're all covering like the exact same stuff. So half the time I'm like, like I, I, I really like, you know, Adam the woo, but lately I find myself fast forwarding through a lot of his videos just because it's like, this is similar to something you did, you know, eight months ago or it's like, okay, the other person, some other person's channel was at the same amusement park and did essentially the same thing now. So, uh, I'm just going to fast forward through until I see something I haven't seen yet. It's just always at
3: Disney world now. So it's everything we've seen already.
1: Right. But yeah, that's,
0: Well,
3: uh, well, well, you know what, when you're talking about the update, are you smashing that like button and hitting that notification bell?
1: Fuck everyone that says smash that like button. Smash this.
3: Oh, Matt, man. Matt, this is Matt. This is the week that uh, Warhammer Plus it came out today. The uh, streaming
4: service all. is live. Why? I, why I are you all even that. here? I forgot all about that. Okay, I'm here because I enjoyed this show. Okay, I'm here <laughs> for enough, you guys. I'm here. To listen to it, but enjoy it. Eddie, shut up. <laughs> <not> I'm here <laughs> for you, listeners. <laughs> Oh. Out there, oh, and my and my audience over in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Andy, what'd you do? Uh, a
2: lot of stuff Jeff did actually. I, I saw Free Guy. Uh, loved Free Guy. Uh, Isn't it much... great? I've heard you either hate it or you like it. No, people hate no it are idiots. They need to go away. They need to be scrubbed <laughs> from the uh, from society. If you hate hey, that? You're wrong. Heavy. Heavy.
3: Wow. Yeah.
1: the The way I felt while I was watching it is a lot of how I felt. Watching original IP like in the '80s and the early '90s, where it's just like it's, it's a new idea, It hasn't really been done before. It felt fresh. It felt exciting. It felt uh, it, it felt like what the way I felt seeing like Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade in the theater for the first time when I was in high school. I felt like how I did when my mom dropped me off at the theater and I got to watch Back to the Future for the first time. It felt like those wow. kind of things was like, you know, it's kind of this summer blockbuster that you don't know is going to be a summer blockbuster. It's just something that you had heard about and you didn't really know much about and you were thrown into the situation and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, not so much thrown in it. You chose to go see it. And and, and just like that movie Bob review said, it was like it was... Pitched as one thing in all of the ads, and then when you get into the theater, you find out it's that and so much more.
2: Seeing Free Guy and the second uh, What If was just a wonderful two-shot burst of positivity that we all needed. Absolutely. So I uh, watched. I'm up. I'm, I'm caught up on the What If, and uh, uh, the third one, it's fine. I just, I, I think that it's, it's going to be hard to go past that second one. Like I said, uh, the yeah. third one's a great. Who done it? It's a great uh, murder mystery. I, I, I'm happy to say I did. I did solve it before it was revealed, but uh, but I was using my my Jeff Gunter uh, senses on that.
1: Yeah, I, I figured it out too.
2: And I'm looking forward to number four. I watched a video by Emergency Awesome, which I hadn't seen before. Emergency Awesome is apparently a guy who does or group. I don't know, but it was a it was a breakdown of the episode, the second episode of What If and Pointing out all the Easter eggs. Uh, the breakdown of the episodes, like, yeah, we've seen it. You don't need to tell us what we saw. Um, and if you're watching it without seeing it, why? I don't get it. But pointing out the Easter eggs is pretty cool. And there was a couple little things he dropped in there that, uh, like, Drax being not voiced by uh, Batista was the fault of the uh, agent. The agent never told him that that was an option. Batista was apparently pissed off about that. Oh. Um uh, but he was voiced by uh, Fred Tatasciore, who's a yes. is a voice actor extraordinaire. I'm I'm happy because he's the voice of uh, Nikolai Belinsky from uh, Call of Duty Zombies. I w- I've listened to Fred Tatasciore a lot. Oh, I uh, finished Assassin's Creed Revelations. I, I enjoyed it. I, I did kind of a quick run through it. I didn't like go and scrub out all the little nooks and crannies of uh, Constantinople. So. I still got playability. I can go back and do it again, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Of course, and I was in Iowa, and I, I did see uh, the butter cow. So yeah. <laughs> the butter cow.
0: <laughs> well, the butter cow
2: is fine. The actual, the big fancy butter sculpture was a celebration of the 50th anniversary of their big slide at the fair, and oh, it fun. was uh, it was underwhelming. And it's like, oh, look, flat butter. Oh, it's angled flat butter. All right, whatever. Wait, wait, wait. They they. They made a
3: a, car, a carnival ride slide that they've had at the
2: fair for ages, I assume. Fifty years.
3: And they made a butter sculpture out of it. It's not a
2: wavy slide. It's just a... It's, a, it's a wavy slide, but it's still okay. It's still just
1: whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> wavy slide? How dare you say that to me?
2: Yeah, really. Baby slide bird. Um, whoa, whoa! Kiss your mother wow. with that mouth. God. Wow. Guys, <laughs> <we> about <laughs> and, and more like...
0: than his mother.
2: No. In previous years, I've seen uh, they did like a salute to the uh, Sesame Street. And so it's like, you know, butter big bird. That's impressive. Butter slide, eh, whatever. Yeah, I, I can uh, see that. Also, I talked to somebody who works at the uh, little museum they have there and found out that the butter is used for seven years. I asked what happens to the butter. It's like, well, I use it for seven years. So they break down the butter sculpture at the end of the year and sculpt the new butter sculpture out of it.
0: Stick it in the freezer and wow. yep. Stick it in the freezer for a year and well, at least he didn't say they give it to the <laughs> fried butter booth. Right, or or put <laughs> it on the slide, the
2: slide slipper. You know,
0: yeah, butter slide. Although, that sounds like a tag on Pornhub.
2: Butter <laughs> slide. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: Actually, now that I think about it, it sounds like two tags.
2: On-
0: <laughs> what are you doing, step butter? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wow, okay, let's Uh, end the show there It's not going to get any better (laughs) Yeah, really
0: (laughs) Good night, everybody (laughs) Poor Andy Uh,
3: I am uh, still playing Hades on the PlayStation Of course, it's on all platforms now That's the roguelike game set in ancient Greece, Hades It continues to be an amazing game Uh, All the amount of time that I've sunk into it I've now defeated the final boss and realized, oh, there's there's still a lot more game after that. What's amazing about it is it continues to be just as fun now, like 10 hours later than the beginning, even though the basic gameplay is the same. It's just a fun action RPG, heavy on the action. So Hades... I can't recommend it enough. It's and especially it's kind of, it's kind of a cheap game overall. It's like thirty bucks, I think, huh. if I remember right. So, e- even if it's not on sale, it's worth the price. You, you'll you'll get your your time and money out of it.
4: Yeah, uh, I was I also, looking at it for the Switch. I almost bought it.
3: It's worthwhile, whatever platform it's on. In fact, do they have, do uh, for, they have it for the for,
2: Xbox 360?
3: I uh, no. <laughs> but uh
4: what?
3: Not, yet. Not yet. Keep keep waiting. <laughs> I also spent a little time back on Board Game Arena because Board Game Arena put Dice Hospital as one of the options. It's a fairly new board game. Uh, There's a board game a while ago I was interested in called uh, uh, like Healthy Heart Hospital or something like that. It is a board game where you run a hospital. And the the Healthy Heart Hospital is everybody's kind of working from the same hospital. Dice Hospital, everybody has their own hospital. And so it's more of a Euro game style where you're you're competing against everybody uh, for the highest score. Of course, you making patients healthy you gain points, Uh, patients dying, you lose lots of points. And it's played over eight rounds and it is a wonderfully designed Euro game. The patients are represented by six-sided dice as you heal them, the uh, the dice go up in number and once they go up over above seven they're healed. If they're at one and fall beneath one they die and it's a worker placement game so you start with three nurses and you can gain more meeples with uh, uh, as you gain cards you get specialists that can heal certain people better. It's a worthwhile checkout now it is That's not realistic. No, not at all. Nowhere near at all. It is. You be it is shorthanded much all happy, the time. Dice Hospital is a much happier hospital than any hospital currently running anywhere right now.
2: Can uh, you but, play, Can you modify it? Could you like like take out like three quarters of dice and play Matt Matt Hospital?
4: Locate it in deep south. Power to, power to it.
2: You you can add difficulty
3: level um, to speak to that. Yeah. Uh, it is part of the uh, premium. Side of Board Game Arena. So it's if you have a free account, you won't have access to the game unless uh, somebody has started that game somewhere. You can join a game of that as a free player. So so let's say if I started a game of Dice Hospital, if you're a free player, you could join my game, Uh, but you can't start a game of it it's a game that I saw at uh, gaming goat and I've been interested in it ever since. So to so see it on board game arena, which is adding board game after board game that there as ever since as Modi games bought them, they have been adding stuff on it left and right. Uh, Pandemic is on there. Now they're uh, they've got Agricola going on there pretty soon. It's in beta already. So the, the amount of board games
2: on board game arena is just stunning right now. What's the, uh, playtime on pandemic on board game arena
1: it's never ending right hey uh
2: if 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 you've played pandemic the
3: board game
0: it, it it runs
3: for about 45 minutes give or take 15 extra minutes depending how well or badly you're doing
0: huh. it depends if you if you draw the uh denier card and they're like where are the bodies <laughs> then the game's <laughs> over right then and there yeah cuz cuz you obviously lost
1: <laughs> yeah we, we all the- we all lose if you draw the anti-masker or the anti-vaxxer one, you're <laughs> fucked.
0: <laughs> That's in the add-ons. Oh, uh, dude. So, I want to see the, the COVID add-on for Pandemic. Horrific. Yeah. Uh,
3: but if you haven't been on Board Game Arena for a while, or uh, if you haven't seen it at all, check it out. Uh, there's a whole lot of games on there that are free. In fact, most of them are. Uh, the premium games are the only ones that are like big name ones like Wingspan and Dice and Hospital.
4: A great uh Gloomhaven?
3: No. Uh, Gloomhaven is its own game out there. You can buy that on Steam for like 30 bucks or whatever. Well, that's
2: cheaper. <laughs> Much. Yeah. <laughs> Much cheaper. Who would I play it with? Oh, well. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of games on here, Todd. You're right. This is crazy.
3: And frankly, if you like board games, Check out Board Game Arena's premium. It's $20 a year, and you get access to all of it. So wow. it's it's pretty cheap to play that many board games. And especially if you're like me and you're playing it late at night, you play it with Europeans, and Europeans are all over that thing. Yeah, they are. Uh, the only other thing I really had to bring up that I did, uh, I checked out American Horror Stories. That is the American Horror Story short stories, kind of like their version of the Twilight Zone that was made specifically for Hulu. Uh, My wife and I are a big fan of American Horror Story in general. We're excited for it every year. Uh, American Horror Stories, if you're a fan of it, uh, it continues uh, uh, some of the storylines from uh, American Horror Story itself, going back to especially Murder House. Uh, But they're all really standalone stories, so you don't have to have seen any of that to get it. Uh, in fact, the middle stories, the middle four, are, are really well done with some surprising twists that we didn't expect coming. It, it does a good job of making it seem like it's something classical tropey and then turning it on its ear. So if you have access to Hulu, like American Horror Stories, American Horror Story, put an S on it and you have this new series. But that's what I did this week. Ferris, what did you do?
0: Well, history geek. On YouTube, I'm watching – there's an offshoot from the whole World War II, Great War, and they're doing the Franco-Prussian War, which is sort of like Europe's civil war in terms of the transition from Napoleonic to quote-unquote modern warfare and what was happening in Europe just shortly after the American Civil War and setting the stage – also for uh world war one eventually but it, it's it's very interesting because they're doing the same thing week by week
2: how long hmm? was the franco prussian war i don't remember
0: a couple years it was not long at all but it was it was devastating i mean they uh much like the civil war they had battles where uh, you know uh a people would be killed
2: are there franco prussian war uh uh Cosplayers and stuff and, and there's one side more racist than the other.
0: <laughs> I think we've got the, the corner on that market right. actually. So I don't even know if there are reenactors. I think reenacting war in Europe it uh it takes on a different it's it's really funny. I yeah, actually just start another
2: real war and put another number after it.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? That uh we have uh my family has some UK friends and he actually was a Civil War Reenactor in the UK, Confederate, of course, because you know. <sighs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. There are there are actually foreign uh, American Civil War reenactors. That makes no sense.
2: So, <laughs> you know, you actually, the a- a Civil War buff was uh, Charlie Watts.
3: Oh well, um, well that,
2: then everything is makes sense. Yes, now weird. now now weird I understand. It's a weird fact that came up this week when he passed away.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, that's interesting. So was so
3: so it, so funny, but not in a good way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so, watching the Franco-Prussian War, sans reenactors. Oh, I finished uh, one of those. Uh, I finished uh, the first novel in a series for Lit RPG, the uh, self-published authors who do people who are trying to game, and they end up in the gaming world type of thing. Generally, there are two types of approaches. The tropes for like video gaming, and uh, I can't remember. It was so memorable, I can't remember the title. (laughs) Phase Shift, that was the name. It's post-apocalyptic. It appears that it actually happened to the world. Some aliens come along they're they're prepping like their alien invasion by making the world the physics of the world like a video game so a vast amount of the population dies and those that survive have to actually start cultivating video game type skills so they have to learn how to survive how to search how to explore how to hide how to fight they have to cultivate their fighting abilities they level up and have to spend points and it's interesting because in a lot of the video game versions of these stories the authors will actually kind of build a game system you know so and so will go through a fight And boop, you have leveled up. You now have, and it'll give him build points, level up points, and it'll explain how he has to spend them. It explains how his abilities improve, right? This one, it's like right down to the percentages. I don't check the math, so I don't know how accurate this guy gets, but I know that some of them have reputations for actually creating something that is kind of functional but it's interesting because a lot of different games do this it's like you 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 do you go you fight you grind you whatever and then boop you've gone up a level and and like a something appears in front of their face and they they actually have to make their selections and level up and stuff this is a novel yes and it's a series uh phase shift is a series so is Critical Failures. And that one's funny because the the design of the covers is a D20 with the number of the novel. So I was reading novel number one, which had a one on it. And this one is, is more of a classic A bunch of guys who are kind of uh, being douchey players. Piss off this uh, game master that they called in from a, a newspaper ad. And he apparently has the ability to magically throw them into their game world, which is incredibly D&D-like without using the words d and I think it's caverns and creatures. And uh, have you read this, Todd? I have read it. I really okay. enjoyed it. It's it's a bizarre one. It's a bizarre one. It was interesting. It's, it's like this is it's such a bizarre genre because the big, you know, the big five publishers are not picking up on it really except in like looking at ready player one. And of course the progenitor to all of this really Joel Rosenberg's guardians of the flame, which was exactly that it was, and you know, but Joel Rosenberg was a professional author and this was published by one of the big publishing houses back in the eighties. And that was an actual uh, story of people who got transported into a game world and had to, Live it out and he made it particularly grimdark too. So interesting stuff. You read these uh EPUB stories and it's like, well, I can do at least like this. And it's like, I gotta motivate my ass because, you know, there's some money in there somewhere for some people anyway. Critical failures, I think, of RPG Lit has been the most successful one that I have seen, sales wise, and it's done pretty darn well it keeps popping up i uh, i actually didn't read it for a while because i accidentally hit the audible button and so my phone wanted me to install audible and use audible with my free 30 days and listen to (laughs) and i was just like i don't want audible and and so i stayed away from it for like a year and then it (laughs) popped up and i'm like all right fuck it i'll i'll go ahead
2: that's a very Andy store what are you doing
0: I know, I know, right? It's the hell? Uh, I know, and you haven't even about, been here recently to, like, this is a lingering effect. Right. Um, I'm reading, uh, there was a quick sale, and I bought Thor Masterworks on uh, Kindle. And so I was reading uh, old Jack Kirby Thor uh, comics. Unless Ralph has it on sale, I, I don't think I'm going to buy a fucking... Uh, Masterworks. So I I think that's all I've got right now. I
2: reckon you probably played Gloomhaven another eight times.
0: Uh no. You know what somebody had a COVID exposure and just couldn't go out for a while. Mm. Yeah, I was uh quarantined, so uh Yeah. And then when he got his negative, he went to Pinball Hall of Fame instead of no Gloomhaven.
3: When I went to Pinball Hall of Fame, that's where I got the COVID exposure.
0: Oh, is that wear? Was it
1: really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wear your goddamn masks, people. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: I will say my COVID exposure. Uh, the only thing that really saved me on it was the fact that I was vaccinated and a friend of mine was vaccinated. Otherwise, we probably would have gotten it almost like 100 yep. percent.
1: And honestly, Who the fuck I got to say, this is something that's really been pissing me off lately. I'm going to be on the soapbox for just a second here. Get it. Stop blaming the people who are vaccinated. The ones that are saying that it's the vaccinated people that are spreading the virus right now literally deserve to be full-on publicly smacked, backhand <laughs> style. I'm so goddamn sick of it right now. Right along with the people that don't like Free Guy. Get
2: rid of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the the misinformation is still out there. I heard that um, that more and more... Vaccinated people are getting it and actually more vaccinated than unvaccinated are. And when I dove into that and started looking around, I discovered that's not the case. There's explanations for the numbers, the way they are happening. And it's not a simple matter of vaccination is not working.
1: Look, and it's 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 basic biology. They teach you this. Well, they taught us this in fucking high school. Vaccinations don't always prevent you from getting ill. They prevent you from dying of the disease. You can still catch the virus that you're vaccinated against, but your body has been now trained to identify and start fighting that and killing that virus because you've been vaccinated. Getting a vaccine should be on everyone's priority right now. It's not a political thing, it's not a threat to your freedom. It's going to save your life and the lives of others that you are around,
0: period. And it 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 gets around. I mean, New Zealand was covid free for a while, but they've had a couple of and, you know, God bless New Zealand, because they had like a couple of cases show up and they blammo just went full lockdown. So it's, you know, at least they're nice and aggressive about it. You know, everyone hears stories of, oh, vaccinated and they died anyway. But did you also hear the story of the people who were not vaccinated and said, I really wish I'd gotten vaccinated before they died? Because there are more stories of that than you're hearing of people who were vaccinated and died. Uh, Massachusetts right now is experiencing uh, a surge in cases and their beds are full of vaccinated people with the thing. And I went and dug into that, and there is one county in Massachusetts where it was like 50 people to maybe a dozen where they were vaccinated versus unvaccinated. But the explanation that came in is these are people who actually are older. They had the, uh, the age factor. These were people who were vaccinated first. So these are people who got the vaccines in January, yeah. and it's like there's a whole line of explanations as to why the disparate numbers that the people are misinformed and misquoting, there's an explanation for what this is if they dig right, but they got to dig right. You, you are not going to get the real story, folks, yeah. from an anti-vax website. You know, if you see a story or a headline there, dig deep because you will get better information if you do. But if you're just going to go and stop at the anti-vax website, then you're going to be filled with fear that is unreasonable, unjustified and misinformed because that's what that website does. It's its money. You want to complain about the mainstream media and where their money comes from? Your alternative news sources are even more financially invested in giving you the wrong information. They're making billions off of it's an industry. The anti-vax is an industry. Yeah. Far more morally and intellectually corrupt and bankrupt than big pharma. I'm sorry, but they don't they're not they're not out there to save you. Uh, the last of the iron lung patients, people who are in iron lungs because of polio, yep, you know and 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 that is a whole phenomenon that is literally dying out because the last yeah. people who are on iron lungs because of that are reaching an age where you know they're starting to die, and it's like that phenomenon is dying because of vaccination. Was it Mr. Frump? <laughs> <I did.
2: laughs> it's Boy, I'm.
1: I'm it's
0: just...
3: for people who don't know what that reference is. That sounded really dirty, Andy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <This is frumpiness. laughs> I hear Mr. Frump and the Iron One. I feed him most every day. So old we weirdo. Class- found- there, there we go. go. Classic I- weirdo. We got some oh, mail I'll... to
3: get to, guys. Oh. Mail? Oh,
2: no.
1: Uh,
3: from guess who? Hey, fuckers. Oh, Mandy.
0: Uh,
3: I, have, <laughs> I have some questions. Why, well, we don't are the, have answers, so. why are the news stories in episode 600 covering events that occurred about a month ago? Oh, shit. Why Time does no travels. one comment about Kay and Biggs's fireball shenanigans? Why <laughs> is Barry promoting Debcom when it happened last month? Plus, why does it say episode is actually episode 603 in my podcast app? Sure, with episode 601, it seems like everything is back to normal, all things considered, except episode 601 is really episode 607. Plus, how did Meg chew up your mic cord in 600, but in episode 597, your mic was gone? Did I warp space and time when I was in Omega Mart last weekend? I'm so confused. Help! Keep up the good work.
0: Jake. Those are some good drugs, Jake. I don't remember
2: whose comment it was, but somebody... That welcome to Geek Shock, where the where the where the numbers don't matter. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. You wait till episode six hundred
1: sixty-six.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I just I mean, got an episode boner.
1: The, the easiest explanation <laughs> is Todd keeps those news stories around for quite a while, sometimes before he yeah. actually get to them. So you
0: know that happens. It does. That happens, guys.
1: And, you know, maybe at that point we just didn't want to talk about the, the, the Fireball uh,
0: 2021. No, it took us a uh, while to get to where we could laugh about it again.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> and it could be that I live over a time sinking hell mouth. I, I don't, I don't way, that's gonna be the reason.
0: <laughs> and I think that's an awful way to refer to Pixie.
3: Well, this can only bring us to news you don't give a shit about.
4: Yeah! Yeah.
1: God damn it.
3: Uh, Bethesda is releasing Skyrim again. Uh, This one is called Skyrim Anniversary to celebrate the role playing game's original release a decade ago. It will include all three DLC expansions, plus the enhancements that came with the release of the 2016 Special Edition. Uh, The new additions to the Anniversary Edition are the Creation Club. That's a toolkit that'll have 500 elements of in-game content, such as gear, characters, and gameplay, some of which was made by the community. And they're also adding fishing. Yay! (laughs) With the new Anniversary Edition, Skyrim will have released six times on 12 consoles.
2: I bought Skyrim 5 today.
3: Skyrim Anniversary Edition will come to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC on November 11th. Uh, Andy, I'm glad you got Skyrim for the the 360, because it's been around that goddamn long. Right. And it's a worthwhile game. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But they need to fucking stop this already. I love Skyrim. Skyrim is one of my favorite games of all time. I love the Elder Scrolls series in general. But goddammit,
2: please. But the guy who was selling me this was talking about the new edition coming out and he touted the fishing. It's like, who the fuck what fringe group is excited by fishing in the game? I know there's fishing games. But yeah. is that enough to that doesn't seem like a selling point to me. It seems like you know, a fetish.
1: You know, Andy, there's there's something for everybody out there. You've got people who play a lot of first person shooter games, a lot of Modern warfare, classic warfare games. You got people that are big into race car games. I mean, what's wrong with somebody that wants to have a fishing game? You know, it's it's whatever floats your boat, you know, and as long as
2: it's not hurting anybody. There's nothing wrong with a fishing game. I don't need fishing with my dragon fighting
0: Uh,
2: or race car driving. I guess maybe actually actually now. Now I think I do want some sort of weird crossover between Skyrim and uh, and uh, Grand Theft Auto. Well, but other than that,
1: Skyrim is, has taken the everything, including the kitchen sink approach.
2: You know, it's something for everybody. Kitchen kink. kink? I think. Sorry, the, I have I a think- new Invisalign in, and it's making me for <laughs> a little bit. Forgive <laughs> me for my improper diction. Oh, we've heard about your improper diction. Keep it your pants, uh,
0: <laughs> I do like the Skyrim GTA. I mean, they could, it, with the... With, with fantasy uh, being into Grimdark, God, you know we could come out with grim rim, and uh,
2: <laughs> that's another Pornhub category.
0: There you go. Whoa. So, I, you know, Todd, you, your love of Skyrim saved me from it because I remember <laughs> watching you one time playing, and I watched you for several minutes run from collection of weeds to collection of weeds to another bunch of flowers, to some more weeds. And I was like, well, I know what I'm not going to be buying. I'm pretty sure that was Dragon Age. (laughs) Oh, you you just, you're making stuff up now.
1: Uh, Move the goalpost. Move the (laughs) goalpost. That's right. somebody that has watched Todd play that for many, many, many hours over the course of many, many, many years, You're not far off, Kirsten. He likes to do a lot of the side stuff. Yes. (laughs) He likes to set up his little shops in his little towns and, you know, and not really do any of the storyline stuff, just kind of do his own thing
2: within the the game. Part of the sales pitch on this this game is is that I could build my house. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I probably won't, but okay. No,
1: no, 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 Andy. Houses.
0: Houses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Andy, I would have loved it if the guy had, like, You could even build a little brook in your backyard. (laughs) You could
4: could plant a tree. (laughs) Now you're just talking Minecraft.
2: (laughs) You could go live with your parents. Actually, the other game I got, K, is Wolfenstein New Order, which uh, Uh, I may try and I I may try and save it for us because this is uh, our classic Wolfenstein, but this is like alternate history. This is like Takes place right. in '60 after the Nazis won the war.
0: It's fun. Well, th- this it's fun. this whole discussion actually reminded me of the big thing I did do this week because uh-huh. on Steam they had the QuakeCon sale, and it was really funny because it's QuakeCon, but Quake wasn't specifically bundled on sale. But I bunch a bunch of I bought a bunch of Quake titles on Steam. I bought a bunch of Wolfenstein on Steam. I also bought uh, Shadow of War, uh, Shadows over Mordor. But I played uh, Wolfenstein Old Blood for about an hour. And I was having fun bashing things until I got to a point where I had to try to sneak past these mechs. And it's one of those puzzle things where you got to figure out the right way to sneak past the mechs. And I was like, fuck you. I just want to blow shit up, so right. I'm disappointed in like the ten bucks or so I spent on those Wolfenstein puzzles. Um, puzzles
2: are the only thing you hate more than story.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know there was there's story in Wolfenstein, but I'm like, I can take it. I can hack it. It'll be all right because we're gonna start blowing things up soon. And unfortunately, so that happened. So.
1: I, I, I know the one you're talking about, and I remember the solution is actually incredibly easy.
0: Oh, and boy. And it surprised
1: <laughs> me that you didn't
0: get it, past it's, it. It's, it's always easy once you figure it out. Yeah, Kirsten, <laughs> you suck. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have the patience for that shit. I'm not interested. And I also haven't played, a, I don't have enough of a history of playing video games with puzzle like things in there where, you know, I've already got the. The skill stack to okay, so obviously I need to investigate this, 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 and then the next line is to invest. I'm just like, I just want to get past this fucking shit. So I, I figured played... out how to kill the dogs, but now I got to turn off the mechs and get yeah, fuck.
1: You never played Bioshock, did you?
0: Nope. Ah, oh, you don't know <laughs> I you're played Left 4 Dead. I played Call of Duty Zombies. These are men's games.
2: Shout out where, to Barry, by the way. I, I actually, since I finished Assassin's Creed, I picked up Portal 2 and started replaying that. And uh, fortunately, I've forgotten all the solutions. So it's a whole new puzzle game for me. There
0: you go. You would,
2: you would hate it, Kirsten.
0: Oh, I, I heard about so Portal. It. I heard about Portal. Portal is fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So is masturbating. I've got that covered.
3: You just don't give a shit about... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm trying to eat
1: here. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, we're still doing a show, aren't we?
3: Back in 2019, Netflix and Wizards of the Coast announced that they were developing an animated Magic the Gathering series with Avengers Endgame directors Joe and Anthony Russo. The filmmaker siblings decided to bow out last week along with head writers Henry Gilroy and Jose Molina over, as you probably guessed, creative differences. Uh, Jeff Klein, uh, who did Transformers Prime, is now in charge of the production. But on the plus side, the show has cast DC Universe veteran Brandon Routh, who did Superman and Superman Returns, Stars and Legends of Tomorrow, as the voice of a character named Gideon Jura. Uh, Delray Books plans to release a tie-in prequel novel written by Django Wexler sometime next year. So, I always get a little bristly when, not just when, like, a showrunner leaves for creative differences, but when both showrunners and the two head writers leave over creative differences. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my, the the sirens and flags are flying above me.
0: Boy, what suit had a preconceived notion that um, they were not getting? That's interesting.
2: They wanted the uh, they wanted the, uh, the the Dungeon Master character from the uh, TV animated series. Wait, right, am I mixing up shows?
0: what are you talking about
2: uh you like the one with the
0: vampires Andy? i do like the one with the vampires
2: (laughs) i really like the one with the vampires (laughs) what are we talking about what <laughs> oh. I,
3: I, you know I love My Little Pony. You know the ones, the little uh, blue creatures, three apples tall. That's the <laughs>
0: <laughs> lay off the, the fireball, Andy. The Dungeon Master <laughs> Pony's my favorite.
3: These don't give a shit about. <laughs> Sony has decided to give their Spider Verse another name again. Oh it boy. will no longer be called Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. Uh movies from the Spider-Man from Spider-Man to Venom to Craven the Hunter shall now be part of, quote, Sony's Spider-Man universe, unquote. Which I have to admit is a better name. Since Tom Holland's contract under the shared Sony slash Marvel obligation is over after No Way Home, this will give Sony the opportunity to create their own Spider-Man centric universe. Until they change the name again. Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the most memorable, for me One of the most memorable news you don't give a shit about Was when they changed the official name To Sony Pictures Universal of Marvel Characters uh, Thank God for Spider-Verse The movie Because I that I really, I
2: think, set Sony straight On a lot of things mm. So, Tom Holland's contract is over So they can recast a different uh, Spider-Man But does that Does the agreement allow Tom Holland to do Spider-Man stuff in the MCU still, or is that it's a, it? All depends
3: on it. All depends on how they want to negotiate going forward. It's possible that Sony thinks Spider-Man is established enough that they can go it alone. They still own it,
2: uh, but could they, not, could they uh, still do Spider-Man in the MCU with two different people playing Spider-Man? No, not, not no?
3: without, not without Sony's go-ahead.
1: What's interesting is it does seem like, based on the No Way Home trailer, the official one, the the one that everybody was losing their minds about, I, I'm not even going to get into, but the, the official trailer for No Way Home, where they do reference the multiverse, I feel like that's a pseudo-setup for Sony's out, in case they can't get something going with Marvel to continue this, this deal that is honestly works out really well for both of them. But I feel like that Sony going, okay, well, let's hedge our bets. And just in case we'll write a movie that plays into the MCU, but also will allow us to go off and do our own thing. If we can't negotiate an amicable forward thinking deal. So
0: I wish, I wish, I wish Disney would just, Buy it out. I wish they, they could. tried,
1: apparently. The oh, rumor God. is they've tried, and Sony just doesn't want to let it go.
0: <clears throat> well, understandably I, so. I, I, I can understand to an extent because there's money to be made there if it's Gunter style, you know, if it's <laughs> done well. But if it isn't done well, it's just a. Oh, my God. What does it's, well, Sony
2: apparently- have, <clears throat> have franchise wise besides Spider stuff?
3: They well, when they bought the rights to Spider Man, they bought the rights to all of Spider Man's villains too. That's why they they're making the they've made the Venom movies. That's why they're making Morbius. It's all stuff that's under the Spider Man umbrella. They bought Spider Man and his villains, which is a lot of villains.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like it, and it, it you hit that bizarre zone because it's it's like uh, having the the X Men and having right. mutants, but the uh marvel actually also got access to uh wanda and pietro even though they were mutants and it, uh, it right it, but the it, question was what else does sony have besides
1: spider what other franchises? franchises
2: that's it that's
1: yeah. the thing though andy with what they've been able to do with it post andrew garfield the 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 two movies they've already made with with marvel as well as the Into the Spider Verse movie, as well as Venom, made so much money for them. It's managed to keep the studio afloat because the studio was struggling financially. Mm. In fact, according to I think it was uh, Hollywood Insider, they were shopping themselves around for a for a suitor that, to to buy them, and like uh, Apple, shit, Apple was one of them.
0: Oh, and if only Disney had jumped on it then.
1: Based on what I've read of the contract is if Sony sells to another company, the re- the rights automatically revert back to Marvel.
0: Mm. Mm. So,
1: it wouldn't have mattered if Sony bought or if, mm.
0: if
1: if if Disney, Disney had bought Sony, right? Because the rights would have reverted back to them. As mm-hmm. long as they have been able to keep the studio afloat, Sony Pictures, they don't need to worry about selling to another company. Because, like, I, I, Apple uh-huh. was the biggest name in the running to, to buy uh, Sony Pictures. But,
2: so you know. Sony should be throwing all the money in the world at Tom Holland right now.
1: I, I don't think they really care one way or another, to be honest, Andy,
2: because history has shown they can just recast that role. Right, but to keep that relationship with the MCU, what has their non-Spider-Man, Spider-Man titles I mean, did Venom make a ton of money and it made a sequel? It must have made some money. That's yes, yeah, a lot of
1: money. Over a billion yeah. dollars. Yeah, it, it did. The Venom movie made a lot of money. And that's the other thing, is because with the amount of uh, movies that uh, Tom Holland has now made for them, he's going to be, just as a nature of the business, commanding more money for each sequel. So they're now at that weird point where they can either pay him more money or recast the role for somebody that's cheaper and roll the dice. Mm. So it's all going to come down to what they feel makes financial sense for them whether they continue the agreement with Marvel and potentially keep ha- Holland in as Spider-Man and having that, you know, that duality of making money for themselves and for for Marvel or trying to go it alone again and potentially stumbling and yeah having to reboot it but you know Uh, on the positive uh, side the into the spider-verse is a good example of what they can do even though kevin feige did have a a hand in the writing of into the spider-verse but that's a whole nother story
3: weekend geek
0: yay
3: a black canary feature is in early development at hbo max journey smollett will be reprising her role as the singing superhero Lovecraft Country's Misha Green is also on board to pen the script. Uh, Smollett first played Dinah Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary, in 2020's Birds of Prey. In addition to this project, the streaming platform is developing a Batgirl movie starring Leslie Grace and a Blue Beetle movie starring Cobra Kai's Zolo, Mari Duena. HBO Max has basically announced a whole bunch of DC movies going forward. Looks like a lot of the ones that they've announced are going just to Max instead of the big screen. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now, the only one that's kind of up in the air that could go either way is the Zatanna one that I I can see. It's it's been announced as a big screen feature, but I wouldn't be surprised if it slides into HBO Max instead. If it's not one of the big four, I'll be surprised if it doesn't make it into the the big screen. Frankly,
1: I'm I'm just puzzled by why they keep doing characters that are going to be on HBO Max that have already been established in, uh, you know, the CW Arrowverse and then they're suddenly going like, oh, wait, we still we do have rights to this character, don't we? Well, let's cancel it off of the, uh, you know, the Arrowverse stuff and bring it on to, to Max like they did I, with the Constantine character.
2: I think they're using the Arrowverse as a test uh, market. Or they I'm, think of it as a test market.
0: I, I agree. I think I think the, a lot of the logic might be, well, this character works. Uh, people like this character mm-hmm. or this character. Me. You know, I Go think it's there.
2: interesting that all these uh, movies are being made with characters that have never held their own comic book. I mean, I don't think there was a Zatanna comic, was there? I think she was like part of a feature where one of those weird DC things where there are eight different characters telling four page stories or something.
1: Somewhere, Professor Biggs is screaming at you, Andy. He is. He is.
3: Perhaps, and I also think a big part of it is also the reaction to that character in Birds of Prey. And I'm not talking the TV yeah. show; I'm talking the, mo- right. the movie. Right. Yeah. Because uh, it was it was fantastic. I enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed a lot of those characters. Frankly, anybody in that movie could have their own movie. Uh, right. they, they're they just that well fleshed out that I wanted to see more of them. So I think that's the fruit that's being laid out here. Uh, uh, I don't necessarily think that it's from the TV show saying, oh, the TV show that works so well on that, let's bring it up there. I think it was that the reaction to the Harley Quinn film mm-hmm. pushed this forward.
2: Or as I like to think of it, it's the last movie before it all ended. It was like the last movie a lot of us saw in theaters. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Paramount Plus
3: has contracted 14 original South Park movies from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Wow. Quote, we did a South Park movie in 1999 and we never done another one because the show has been so satisfying, Stone told Bloomberg, which first broke the news, continuing, now we're older and the idea of what streaming movies can be is pretty promising, unquote. The two creators have inked a massive $900 million deal with Viacom CBS that not only includes the films but at least seven more seasons of South Park, which well, will boost. Wear whatever the,
2: dress they want to the Oscars now.
3: <laughs> which will boost the show's on-air tenure, tenure to 30 seasons by 2027. The 23rd season of South Park aired in 2019 before Parker and Stone decided to take a different approach for the most unusual year that was 2020. Instead of a traditional batch of episodes, they produced two pandemic-related specials that aired in September 2020 and March 2021, respectively. Quote, Comedy Central has been our home for 25 years, and we're really happy they've made a commitment to us for the next 75 years, added Parker and Stoneham in a joint statement. We can't wait to get back to doing traditional South Park episodes, but now we can also try out new formats. It's great to have partners who will always take a chance with us,
2: unquote. Uh, so, uh, what do you do in fourteen South Park movies, dude? Oh, what God, it's so. Uh, what bizarre. do you do with
3: twenty-three seasons of South Park? I know, I know. It. It's just wow,
2: yeah. For for
3: as long, uh, South Park has always been a a absurdist mirror to society, and society will be so absurd that we'll never run out of South Park
0: episodes. Fair enough. Knowing those guys, I. Bet you they have fourteen ideas already. I bet I bet they have fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really. Fourteen is is the number that, you know, <laughs> that was finally settled on, right?
1: Well, and you gotta think of it in the terms, Andy, that you know, they you know, they had two video games that they put out that were basically like mini movies, and then you have a lot of these two part episodes that they've done. Over i i want to say just the last ten years, that could have easily been put as a solo storyline movie, and and Todd even said it in there, the, you know, that the possibilities of streaming, changing the way you know define what a movie is, you know, it could wind up just being like a series of special two part episodes just put together as one, one two hour presentation.
2: So why don't we give a shit about that?
1: No, so this is week and geek.
3: Oh yeah, we, we did that. We did that a while ago, Andy.
2: Was the Dungeon Master in that one? <laughs> that was. A...
1: <laughs> we,
4: oh, missed
2: this you, we
3: missed Andy. We missed you while you were gone.
2: <laughs> I'm
1: starting right. to think he
2: did that on purpose. <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm still not caught up from
3: the fair. A new James Bond themed board game. From Modiphius Entertainment is in production. The game is called Spectre and will launch in spring of 2022. The game has players take on the roles of iconic Bond villains who are trying to defeat Bond and prove they are number one of the special executive for counterintelligence terrorism revenge and extortion, a.k.a. Spectre. Uh, Spectre the board game is designed by Kadema and is for two to four players. Spectre the board game features iconic weapons, locations, characters from the James Bond films. Players will assemble devices, spy on their opponents, blackmail their rivals in order to build their own criminal empire and strategically deploy their agents around the globe to infiltrate key installations. Players will need to work behind the scenes to develop their nefarious plots and become 007's biggest threat as Bond attempts to thwart your plans uh i can't wait to get this game and i and i want to play it with you i i um, want to run the evil bond empire against you all and
2: of course you want to run which, uh... the evil empire <laughs> does it say which villains
3: I, I if i remember right i i definitely Blofeld's one of them i think Kananga is one of them i don't remember from there uh, or a goldfinger has to be one right
1: I well think. i mean if if you're developing your own empire you know are you able to create your own original characters in there? Or do you no, have the, to draw from no, the pool?
3: No, this is a board game. You're going to be selecting a, okay. a, card that you are this villain and this villain has this special power. That's how this stuff
1: usually works. Uh, so people are going to be cursing your, uh, your sudden but inevitable betrayal as the, as the, as the game goes forward.
3: <laughs> well, what's great about this one is there's obvious betrayal happening is Everyone's vying to be the head of Spectre. Uh, But what I really kind of enjoy about this whole idea is that it looks like, I don't know because I haven't read the rules, but it looks like from the description that Bond is controlled by the board game itself to thwart your plans. So Mm. I like the idea of four players as their own evil empires trying to grow while the board game is the good guy trying to stop you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is an interesting twist. I think you're lying, Todd. I think you know that one of the players turns out to be Bond and betrays everybody, and you are going to be Bond the first time we play this. You don't
3: know that, but you're probably right.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's big. I choked it up. I choked it up. I stopped. <laughs> wasn't awesome worth it. Yes, the, 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 strange, the strange grunts coming from Connecticut. I, I self oh, censored, but a little too late. <laughs> Fragmented words spit out of my mouth, and then no <laughs> you don't need to say that. You don't need to say everything that comes to your head.
4: Wow. You're just now learning this lesson? <laughs> wow. Since, oh, it's only
0: Since taken uh, 10 years. <laughs>
2: And I was gonna say, since when, Andy? <laughs> you have no idea the shit I don't say.
1: <laughs> wow, if that's if that's filtered, Andy, I would hate to see fil- unfiltered, Andy.
2: <laughs> Come see me at the fair. <laughs>
0: oh boy!
2: I that's, think I called. Somebody, uh, I called somebody. Uh, Dollar Store Adam Driver has drawn him. <laughs> you did not. Uh, uh, I did. I finished uh, one uh, face, and I turned to the guy and said, Oh, now that'll get onto uh, Dollar Store Adam Driver." Because he looked a little like Adam Driver, but uglier. Wow. wow. <laughs> and he still paid you? Absolutely.
0: Oh, he probably gave him a tip. I loved it. Absolutely. Are,
3: did. You, are you kidding me? He negged him so hard, he probably got a date.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is in early development on a live action Pokemon series. And Joe Henderson is attached to write and executive produce. Henderson is the co-showrunner and executive producer of the series Lucifer, which is coming to an end with the upcoming sixth season.
2: Wait, wait, series... wait, wait, wait. Henson what? is behind Lucifer? How did I miss that?
3: Joe Henderson.
2: Oh, that's good.
3: Henderson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the exhaustion is starting to settle in, Andy.
3: <laughs> we can geek. Uh, the series is in early development, and while there aren't any details to share, the report says the project would be a live-action series akin to Detective Pikachu film that starred Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith from 2019. Henderson is also currently developing another series for Netflix, which is an adaptation of his comic book called Shadecraft. He's also previously worked on shows Eleven, Twenty Two, Sixty Three at Hulu, and Graceland and White Collar at the USA Network. So. Live-action Pokemon, not just for films anymore.
1: You know what's really crazy? It's like you just mentioned uh, Detective Pikachu being 2019. And I keep running into this thing where I'm like, oh, that was last year. Suddenly going, no, wait, that was two years ago. Because so much of 2020, I think mentally just skip over like it didn't happen. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I just saw that. And I'm like, no, wait, that was two years ago. Or, oh, this this thing is happening soon. No, wait, that's already happened. It's just, it's really bizarre. It's like this this singular this black hole, this singularity that was 2020, even though we're still experiencing so much fallout from that. It just feels like it's it's missing. It's like a you know, a lost memory or a, a blank. Space and Time. Phantom Limb. Right?
3: Beginning in 2022, all films under the Universal umbrella will be available to stream on Peacock no later than four months after their theatrical releases. This includes movies from Universal Pictures, Focus Features, Illumination, and DreamWorks Animation. This means that after their 2022 releases, fans won't have to wait long to stream films like Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World Dominion, or Minions, The Rise of Gru, or for the final installment in David Gordon Green's Haddonfield trilogy, Halloween Ends. As part of this licensing agreement, which kicks into effect just as Universal's partnership with HBO expires, new releases will stream exclusively on Peacock for four months before being available to other yet to be named streaming services for ten months, after which the film will return home to Peacock for the final four months. This agreement is not unlike the deals that Disney plus and HBO max provide for their sister studio releases. Uh, other releases from universal set for 2022 include uh, the black phone, a new film from get out and us director, Jordan Peele, uh, Puss in Boots, the last wish and the 355 among others. The 355. I don't know what that is either. Yeah. It's
4: uh, it's, it's King Laurenitis from Connecticut. And you got to walk with them, 355 of you. Not 300, 355 personal guards. And you walk to the New Jersey Turnpike, and you stop them there.
3: I Uh, so regret even saying that word. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I have a story about Universal's release dates and going to streaming, and the 355 is what what took it all home. All right.
0: (laughs) There's only some way to find out what that was. The 355. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to me. Uh,
1: <laughs> have, you, have you not learned by now that the least important segment of each story is the one that it latches on to? I
0: mean, we've only been doing this for how many years? <laughs> oh, Andy's excited now.
2: I am. Five women band together to stop a global organization requiring a weapon that could thrust the teetering world into total chaos. I'm in. Good.
3: Jake Gyllenhaal will be producing and starring in a film based on Robert Kirkman's comic series, Oblivion Song. Uh, The sci-fi series is set in a future that sees 300,000 residents of Philadelphia suddenly get displaced into an apocalyptic alternative dimension known as Oblivion. However, a decade later, well after the government has given up on their attempts to recover these people, a man named Nathan Cole takes it upon himself to try and rescue them, making daily trips to do so. However, in the midst of all this, it's clear he's searching for something else. Kirkman will serve as producer. Oblivion Song's final comic book issue is set to come out in November with issue number 36. Now, Andy, tell me all about why you're interested in the number 36. <laughs> oh, it's, uh,
4: oh, hold on, hold on here. 312? You have 355, 36, 300,000, all threes. Uh, I'm
2: not the conspiracy guy. I'm just excited about the spy movie. All right, moving on. I didn't. A real-world Witcher school has opened
3: in Poland. While the A what? <laughs> yes, while the program has been in operation for the last six years, it only just became recognized as the official LARP—that's live-action role-playing game—from CD Project Red this last week. More than 2,000 people from over 50 countries have already taken part in the experience, which allows pupils to live in a castle for three days, take an intensive Witcher training under the supervision of trained professionals, and hunt beasts from the books written by Andrzej Sapkowski and the video games based upon them. Quote, you do not need any special requirement to take part in Witcher school. uh, Dastin Waurizniak, the event organizer, said in a statement... Continuing, the ticket price includes a basic costume and a Witcher ADAPT character created by our scenario team. Before the game, there are workshops explaining the game and safety rules with special consideration for people who are at the event for the first time, unquote. Witcher School is billed as a fully immersive with up-to-the-minute moral decisions and free-roaming environment rigged with special effects like pyrotechnics. By the end, recruits are challenged to take on the Trial of Grasses, a rite of passage that allows one graduate as a fully accredited monster hunter. Ticket prices for the standard and deluxe options both cost less than $1,000. Are, are,
1: are there classes about how you catched coins from the Valley of Plenty? And if there is a class about how to deal with your own personal bard?
2: I'm just glad it's LARPing. I was afraid when you started this it was some Soviet bloc uh, actual people thinking they were actually hunting witches. Uh, I, I am kind of impressed with the ticket
3: price, though. Uh, three days living in the castle doing Witcher LARPing sounds like a much better deal than the Galactic Hotel over in Disneyland. Right. For easily a third of the price, you can. this includes your trip to Europe. Uh, in the in the figuring of this cost, it does. Uh, you you can you can oh. do this Witcher School thing.
1: Wait, see th- th- that that I didn't catch. I didn't catch. No, the, no, the, no, the no, travel. no. I
3: no, no. It costs six thousand dollars to do the Galactic, right? Hotel. So I figure a uh, under a thousand dollars for the Witcher School, and then generously figure a thousand to go to Europe. So it's two thousand oh. dollars, one third of the price.
1: I see. Yeah, it it is funny you mentioned the the Galactic Star Cruiser because. Darren and I were having a discussion uh, in the last video that we did about how uh, he he was taking the point of view that it's actually not that bad of a deal considering everything that's included. And I'm like, uh, is it though? Because I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, it includes park admission and, you know, all the, the LARPing stuff that happens on board the Star Cruiser and... Potentially some other stuff that happens while you're in the park, but do you get like a
4: handy from Mark Hamill? Like what? six
1: thousand dollars for a max <laughs>
0: like
1: was it what? a maximum of, of three days or two days? I can't. I think remember it's two it days. Yeah, I think it's two days is maximum for, for six thousand dollars. I was like Yeah, um no. I'll bet your parking's not included. It, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> and you probably again, need to buy
4: a speed pass or something like that. Oh, yeah. Then
1: again if you got to fly <laughs> there you got to figure out a way to get there anyway and I I'll, I'll speak from experience a taxi from the airport onto Disney property is like 75 bucks. Woo. Yeah.
2: From which airport? LAX? Disney World. Oh,
0: that's different. Orlando oh, yeah. LAX to Disney World, that's going to be a big taxi <laughs> yeah, bill. Yeah. yeah.
3: 75 bucks that's a bargain.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. Jeff, listen to you complaining. Right.
3: A movie adaptation of 2015's Starlight comic by Mark Miller, drawn by Goran Parlov, is moving forward after years of development at 20th Century Studios. Filmmaker Joe Cornish, known for Attack the Block and the kid who would be king, will be directing the movie. The Buck Rogers-ish Starlight centers around Duke McQueen, a space adventurer who once saved the entire universe. After returning to Earth, he started a family and grew old. With his wife now dead and children moved away, no one remembers Duke's swashbuckling cosmic exploits. All he has are his memories to keep him company until a call from a distant world beckons him back into space once again. Uh, X-Men franchise veteran Simon Kinberg is producing the film under his genre films company with Audrey Chone, who did Twilight Zone. Netflix currently owns the rights to all of Miller's created own titles, so that's most likely where it will be.
0: Who's playing the dungeon master?
1: <laughs> Sunny Chiba. Oh,
0: oh. oh. too, too soon. soon. Too soon. What are you saying? Too soon for you? Fucking said it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was his uh, his, his inner voices coming at him. <laughs> Just follow Andy's uh, example. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there are like 50 things happening in the last three minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Nintendo is prepping the launch of a new improved Switch console. The new Nintendo Switch OLED model will go on sale this fall on the very same day as Metroid Dread. The new console comes in two colors, is compatible with all previous Switch Joy-Con controllers and docks, And increases the screen size to 7 inches, a boost from 6.2 inches for the original Switch and from 5.5 inches for the Switch Lite. It also swaps out the older console's LCD screen, says Nintendo, for a new OLED unit that, quote, provides vivid color and crisp contrast. Nintendo makes no mention of any new features that would support 4K gaming or improve speed and rendering over the base Switch console, but the boosted console does come with features that'll upgrade its performance and it's hybrid on the go modes, including enhanced audio for handheld and tabletop play and a flip up tabletop stand that allows players hands-free use of their controllers. While the console itself serves as a mini display, Uh, it will cost $349.99 on sale October 8th. So if you're holding out for the new switch, eh, this is kind of a new switch. Um,
1: Yeah, one of the articles I was reading on it, they were approaching it from a pure hardware standpoint, and they said, say the internals are the same, the only difference being the OLED screen, which, yes, gives you better contrast, but uh, apparently the OLED panel they're using gives you slightly lesser battery life on the console, so... And then the only other advantage is that has, the, like you just said, a built-in kickstand on the back of the screen. Otherwise, the hardware is exactly the same. Uh, still no 4K support. That's par for the course for Nintendo. That's how they roll. How much yeah. more is
4: this than the old one? Old one was 299 I believe. $300, like right on. So $50 so, so more.
0: I don't understand why people are talking about that when obviously the exciting part of the story is the Judge Dread Metroid crossover? Is that on the 360? It, no, it's exclusive to Switch. Were you listening to Todd Metroid Dread? The Switch.
1: That Xbox 360 is so
0: sixteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Andy rolls.
1: <laughs> I just got a new 360. <laughs> Con- Congratulations to your reaching the year 2005.
0: I mean, you're talking about a man whose first video game experiences were shadow puppets on the cave wall done by the shaman of the tribe. He was a good
4: shaman. (laughs) They easily fix those glitches, just hit the shaman over the head. Fix the game real good. Shaman shaman has a stroke.
1: He's he's frozen. Reboot him.
0: (laughs) Did you turn him off and turn him on again? Uh, Many times, not not, many times. Not in
1: front of the rest of the tribe.
0: Oh no! All I got is white screen. What? Uh, You don't want to know about the red ring of death. Oh Oh, shoot! (laughs) Spicy. the,
4: The downloadable content too. Those are always fun.
3: Disney Plus will introduce its viewers to creative talent from across Africa late next year with the release of Kizazi Moto: Generation Fire. The 10-part anthology consisting of original features that present a wildly entertaining ride into Africa's future, quote-unquote, was crafted by up-and-coming filmmakers hailing from a variety of different nations, Zimbabwe, Uganda, South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, and Egypt. Each installment is expected to clock in at 10 minutes apiece when they arrive on the streaming platform. Peter Ramsey, one of the Oscar-winning directors behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is on board as an executive producer. Ramsey said in a statement, quote, The films in the anthology kind of run the, gam- uh, the gamut when it comes to science fiction. There are stories that touch on other worlds, time travel, and alien beings, but all of these genre conventions are seen through an African lens that makes them totally new. I can't wait for people to have their minds blown and say, I want more, unquote. Tadai Naike and Anthony Silverston of Triggerfish Studios will serve as supervising producers. Their Cape Town-based company is overseeing all the films while working in collaboration with other animators, banners in Africa and around the world. Triggerfish also curated the entire process, which saw submissions from over 70 leading directors and creators. So all that is coming to Disney Plus late next year.
1: Sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti.
3: Okay. A Toto 4 reference. Wonderful. I thought it was Leprous. Rises like a Leprous?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, That that was an old podcast. (laughs)
0: Leprous. My God. You did think oh, that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I thought it
2: was leopardess. and Jeff said leopardess wasn't a word, and I it is a word. Damn it! It definitely evokes something in the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is about the same time we were doing the uh, the carrying a laser. The uh, oh Jesus! Uh... Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the the Mister Mister carrying Mr. Laser.
1: a laser. <laughs> That completely changes the theme of that song. (laughs) It does. (laughs) It does. It
3: makes it very uh, cowboy bebop. The rights (laughs) to Brian Lumley's sci-fi horror novel series, Necroscope, have been picked up. Morgan Freeman and Laurie McCurry's Revelations Entertainment, and the plan is to develop a show for TV, animated features, video games, graphic novels, and other emerging formats. Uh, The novel series, launched in the 1980s, and spans more than 19 novels and short stories. Uh, The term necroscope, as defined in the series, describes someone, quote, who can communicate with the dead, coined dead speak later in the series. Unlike necromancers, who here extract the knowledge they seek by brutal eviscerations of corpses, a necroscope can communicate with them as equals, peacefully and without any physical interference. The abilities of a necroscope are defined as a type of ESP, unquote. Uh, McCreary, who's behind Invictus and Madam Secretary, and Larry Lucchesi, who was part of Underworld and Exorcism of Emily Rose, are teaming up with Michael McKay, who did Underworld Blood Wars, and The Boy, and Glenn Hattrick, who was part of Star Trek Discovery, who has been conceptualizing the adaptation of Necroscope since its original release. Uh, McCreary said in a statement, quote, The Necroscope universe allows us to explore the global themes of horror in a way never done before. It is a great addition to our slate of epic, award-winning, large-scale IP, he exclaimed. I am fully committed to breathing life into every molecule of the visually compelling elements that comprise the sprawling literary universe, and I intend to do it with a terrifying veracity.
1: I see what you did there. Breathe life into a necro...
3: The, he, he did he did it not me i'm quoting him it is in short my life's work of course we follow harry keogh through his journey while discovering the dread secrets of the shape-shifting alien vampiri and by plotting the made arcs across multiple seasons we have the opportunity to take a deep dive into the diverse global roster of psychic agents as they help to unveil their shocking origin the adaptation work leans heavily into the verb miss it. Verisimilitude of Lumley's rich supernatural mythology, specifically in regard to its parallels to real-world philosophies, religions, and history, the science of magic, grounding our story in the most terrifying fiction reality ever created. Unquote. That that's a man who knows how to pitch a, some shit.
1: So does necropsy cross over into this universe as well, <laughs> or mm, <Necropsy>. is it necropsy? <laughs> he was innocent. <laughs>
3: uh necroscope has always been that book series that was just over here in the 80s early 90s you would go to the horror section sometimes the sci-fi section but most likely the horror section and when i grabbed this stephen king book necroscope looked at me with some kind of skull on the front of it Uh, i'm familiar with lumley's work i've never read a single one of them I have the first one on Kindle, and I still haven't read it. It's one of those series that's always kind of called to me, but not very loudly. So I'm curious, because this guy has got a passion for this project. In his quotes, he, he oozes love of this work. So I guess if anybody's going to do Necroscope, Hetrick is the guy. Uh, so good luck. I, I I hope it works out. Maybe it'll get me to read the damn thing. Ooh, and it's, they're big books too. I mean, they're not door stoppers like it, but they're they're five hundred like page what?
0: plus. Like what?
1: God,
3: fucking damn you all!
0: Hey, I didn't do nothing.
3: Okay, not UK, but
2: the rest of them. Well, uh, I didn't you, do anything.
0: Nah, fuck you anyway, Matt. Yeah, well,
2: <laughs> nothing, nothing new there.
0: <clears throat> oh, Andy! <laughs> shut up! Whoa!
4: <laughs> Just shut up!
3: and finally nicholas holt a guy that was in mad max fury road and x-men is set to star in universal pictures upcoming monster movie renfield
1: which will center on
3: dracula's henchman holt will play r.m renfield in the film in the original dracula novel r.m renfield was an inmate in an asylum who was thought to be suffering from delusions but instead is a servant of dracula There are still no details about the story, but it's believed to take place during the present day and is not a period piece. Uh, Chris McKay, who did The Tomorrow War and Lego Batman Movie 1 and 2, is directing the film, and the script is based on an original outline from The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman. Ryan Ridley wrote the most recent version of this script.
1: I don't know. I mean, I can't see anybody playing Renfield better than Peter McNichol.
3: Peter McDickle did a fine job. However, <laughs> I am a big fan of Nicholas Holt. Not just his Mad Max Fury Road stuff, although that really, yeah, really shot him up front for me. I mean, he was all right in Jack the Giant Killer. Oh God, what was that sh- show that was uh, Skins uh, on from? that was on BBC or Sky? Uh, that's where he really got his breakout star. But Skins was kind of the young talent pool that would later be cast all these massive awesome roles nicholas holt went into films mo- most of it but a lot of the other actors in skins were later in game of thrones so it's a fantastic cast pool but holt was kind of the lead of that show at least yeah. its first half they could kind of recast it ha- a few seasons in so anything that nicholas holt is leading in i'm there Especially as Renfield, I yeah, I'm yeah. excited about this. I totally was, buy that.
1: He was pretty good in Tolkien. I thought that was a good. Uh, I, I I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but it was a good movie. It was entertaining. I'm trying to think of other things I saw him in recently, but you're you're right. His his Mad Max Fury Road performances was nuts. Uh, there's actually, I just remembered when I saw him in uh, recently, uh, and. I mean, recently, I mean, like, within the last few months, uh, there was a movie called The Current War, where he plays Nikola Tesla. And the version I saw was the director's cut. I don't know if it's a recent release of... Because the, the original movie was from 2017, but uh, it had been making the rounds on the movie channels, and um, he's really good in that. I mean, he does a really good job of playing Nikola Tesla in that
2: movie. Did you do better and, Tesla than Bowie?
1: Uh I'm not going to say better or worse. I'm going to say I really enjoyed his portrayal. I actually like the way both of those guys portrayed him and, you know, given the eccentricity that we uh, we know about Tesla and, you know, Nikola Tesla in the modern day and just how far some of his ideas were ahead of his time. It's it it's fascinating when you see anybody portray those things with really no way to reference whether the portrayals are accurate or not. But uh, I really did enjoy that movie. If, you, if anybody gets a chance to see it, uh, Current War. Uh, watch the director's cut. That's the one I watched. I had, haven't seen the original cut, so I don't know what exactly makes that one different, like which extra scenes are in it. But he was really good in that one.
3: And what's your Current War? Write to us, comments at uglycountshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. Katie's hey, Jeff. Commander K. check
4: Dandy. Check Maple Leaf, Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Here we go. Hopefully Andy won't. Hopefully Andy won't. Man, man. Oh my,
3: man. Andy, I, I want you here.
4: I love you here.
0: I Dungeon Master. You know
4: what I woke up to? Let me, let me open up my phone here to some idiot at 4 a.m. You, you guys all had this too, I think. The, the hang loose sign for Miss Fact Check. <laughs> Mr. Fox at 4:40 in the morning because he doesn't realize that the time difference between the East Coast and West Coast. Is that when you sent it, Andy? I didn't get it at 4:40. Did I get it at 4:40? Um, you sent it at 7:40, right? There's uh, the There's a the, yeah. the
1: text he sent this morning. Yes,
4: yeah, that was 4:40. So
2: I actually <clears throat> sorry, oh, <Whoa. laughs> that caught me by surprise. Sorry about that. Yeah, get that sorry. dragon out of there. I got a kiss attack.
3: Hey!
0: (laughs) What is that, Andy? Again? Okay. Kiss attack is. Stop making those wet smacking noises. Oh!
3: Kiss attack is my
2: Mini Kiss Cover Band. Beginning
3: Beginning. in twenty. Beginning in. 20... (laughs)
1: Stupid delay, I'm so sorry (laughs) I'm
2: so sorry, the delay is just (laughs) I never I never could get Just watching Jeff
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of a witty comeback And I couldn't come up with anything
0: Sometimes Jeff The best way to answer stupidity Is
3: with silence Yeah Yeah Filmmakers hailing from a variety of different nations: Zimbabwe, Uganda. Going? Hi, Matt. Oh shit! Sorry.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck off, you miserable bitch! Oh, whoops! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mute, did I? Speaking the of right, Kirsten. I've a. How you Yeah.
3: Are we all speaking, Andy? Now.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, the accent's terrible I don't <laughs> recognize the damn thing you're saying Andy we're
0: almost done why'd you put up a background
2: <laughs> I found the button
1: <laughs> I'm just amused that it's the the old windows meadow background
2: Teletubbies.
4: is that what it is
2: <laughs> I think so
4: no it's the windows background Oh, Jeff was right oh.
3: Tech people see windows,
2: (laughs) (laughs) and he sees Teletubbies.
0: (laughs) And he sees Teletubbies when he looks out the window.
2: And bunnies.